Hi, welcome to another episode of the Irish Tennis Updates podcast. Today I am really excited to be talking to Sam Barry. Sam is a former former Irish number one, uh, reached a high ranking of 246 in the world, um, and he's a, a great ambassador for Irish tennis. So uh, let's get into it. Hello. Hi Sam, how's it going? How are you? Hey, how's it going? What's the story? You retired obviously earlier this year. Um, you're quite young by maybe tennis standards these days, so how hard was that decision? Like how hard was it to you know, to hang up the racket for the final time? Um, yeah, it was it was really difficult. It's tough to tough to I guess quantify how difficult, but it was uh it was it was extremely hard. Um, to be honest you last it, it, it feels really weird that like I'm I'm 27 now, but the last season actually, the last full season I played was as a 25 year old. So the thing that I kind of effectively, effectively stopped tennis at, at at 25, like my career was done essentially as a as a 25 year old is, is a yeah. strange thought. But um, but yeah, it was it was really hard. I didn't know last year, so 20 um 2018 was a bit of a, a tough year. I, I kind of made a big commitment to go down and and uh and spend two months down in um in in New Zealand um for a pre season with my coach at the time and uh, basically the within the first two tournaments of the year I, I managed to to uh to to strain a tendon in my elbow and um ended up effectively me being out for the next four months and um and that was kind of a big blow because that obviously um can be suspended spent the bones of two months away from home. It was at a big expense as well. I was on a tight budget every year. I spent a fair amount of that going down yeah. to going down to New Zealand to, to practice for a couple of weeks. Some, some personal sacrifices along with that, being away from family and friends and stuff for that kind of amount of time and and, uh, and uh, spending that much money and then to be out for, for four months off the back of um, what wasn't my best season, I guess, in 2017, but which was, which was all right. Yeah. Um, that, was kind of, that was kind of a big blow. And then to be honest, yeah, after that, I my I'm gonna say maybe 18 months ago, February or, or March, April, we'll say April 2018 um, was the first time my in my whole career, my whole life really, I started to to think about anything other than tennis. I was like, maybe you know, my life doesn't have to be solely and entirely focused on on becoming the best tennis player I can be. There's other stuff, and yeah. as soon as my head started to turn, I guess um, I guess it felt kind of strange because I'd never I'd never known life without without uh, wanting to be. I guess a, a top hundred tennis player, but um, yeah, and and those kind of thoughts never went away. And after that, I guess my heart was never really in it as much as it was beforehand. So um, you can't, I guess, make the have tennis. You're either all in or you're all out. And um, pretty quickly, I realised that I wasn't all in anymore. So yeah. I decided to chew over it for a while, and then uh, I guess uh, take the decision to be all out. So I don't know if that answers your question. But, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. That was kind of that was kind of the way it all fell. Yeah, yeah. Um, what are you up to these days now? Is it still a bit of tennis, or are you kind of you've stepped completely away from it all? Uh, I wish. I wish it was more tennis. To be honest, <laughs> I definitely didn't stop. Uh, the reason I retired was not giving um, myself anymore, or uh, or not loving the game, or not loving training or competing. It's all the things. Uh, you know, they're all the things that I that I missed dearly about it. It was just the. It was the. Um, it was the strain it took on the rest of my life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to um, trying to balance tennis and kind of somewhat of a of a 
of a normal life outside of it is, is quite difficult to do. So that was the reason I stopped. But then, um, yeah, I'm not playing nearly as much tennis as I wish. Uh, now I've, I got pretty crap pretty quickly. So I hit a bit recently and, <laughs> and I'm nowhere near as good as I'd hope to be still. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working an office job, man. I've okay. uh, gone into the aircraft leasing industry. So I'm starting at the bottom there and, uh, and hopefully over time we'll uh, we'll learn the ropes and uh, and uh, forge a career for myself in in, in business I suppose. Yeah, it's okay. a big difference from being on a tennis court and in a gym all the time to sitting at a desk. I can say that. Yeah, <laughs> is that something you've always had an interest in? Yeah, it's obviously about being in Ireland and and definitely getting. Um, I always wanted to move away from tennis after my playing career. Whether I go back or not is. Uh, I guess remains to be seen, and I still yeah. love the game, so I wouldn't be surprised in years to come if I do end up somewhere back in the game if an opportunity arises. Um, but uh, I guess uh, for a number of reasons, I just thought the right thing to do would be to to try and to try and start from the bottom somewhere else and and to see what that's like. I didn't want to be institutionalised either, and just you know all the majority of my 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 waking hours were spent thinking about tennis from the age of about ten until until about 12 months ago. So um, so I wanted to kind of broaden my horizons a little bit as well. And, and obviously I had interest outside of tennis, but, but they'd have been my own things. It wasn't something that I was kind of immersed in. So I wanted, I guess, to switch completely and try something completely different uh, just to change myself as well. You know, it would be easy to, maybe the easier thing for me to be, be a bit of a smoother transition just to, to stay in tennis and stick with what I know. And, um, and uh, I guess that was one of the reasons I uh I didn't do it as such. It was just to I guess uh try something completely different and start from the ground up and see see if I could uh challenge myself in new ways, I suppose. Yeah, super. Uh, that that's really good. and I wish you all the best um in that in the future. Thank you very much. Um yeah, so I guess taking a few steps back now in time, um how did you get into tennis? What age were you at that stage and kind of how quickly did it all kinda of take off, I guess? Um, do you know what I people ask me this quite regularly like how I got into tennis. I don't actually know. I don't really, I, I, there's no, I, I think my answer changes every time. So um, I, I was, I lived really close to the tennis club and that's the logical one. Um, I think my parents as well used to kind of socialize there. It was kind of the hub for uh, for people around the area I used to live to kind of, for the for the parents to socialize and, and Munster rugby was kind of a, a kind of up and coming at the time. And I remember I have distinct memories of being a, of a young, being a young kid and all our parents gathering there and watching some of the bigger games and stuff and just the tennis club seemed to be the place where you played when you when I was whatever eight nine ten eleven where you'd play soccer tip rugby tennis tip the can whatever it was it all seemed to happen in the tennis club and I think that that's actually how I got into it rather than uh, rather than anything else yeah and that's interesting um so you obviously you had a really good uh, junior career. Um, I believe, if I'm correct, you were the first Irish player, uh, junior player, to play in all four Grand Slams. Um, maybe I'm not sure. There was uh, there was a few. There's definitely a few. There was definitely um, a number of other guys that would have played in in a bunch of them. Whether they played all four or not, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, but you could uh, you could be right. I'm not going to question you. <laughs> to your podcast. Well, I think I already did. I probably, I probably just messed up your question. <laughs> uh, I, I did. I, I played. I played in all four, but I'm not 100 sure if I'm the only Irish uh, that has yeah, done it. Yeah. the first one to do it. I know there's a couple of kids that have done it since. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah, that yeah. was no. It was brilliant. The juniors was brilliant. I mean, 
they're still some of the, the fondest memories I have looking back over my my uh, tennis journey yeah. or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, being able to just share a locker room with some of the biggest names and to have a match that day, not just to be there looking at them, but to actually yeah. have your own match yeah. and preparing in uh, in in uh, you know in, in in the same vicinity beside them was so inspiring. And yeah. through a lot of the tougher moments of my career drawn on those memories and, and how, how amazing. I remember in particular playing the Junior US Open was uh, just blew my mind. I remember staying in a hotel in downtown Manhattan and playing, getting the bus out to Queens every day and playing the US Open and I made a bit of a run, won three matches and I remember just the experience of that kept me going for, for years after. Yeah. I yeah. loved it. Um, would you say that was your, your favourite of the four or if you look back, would you have a, a favourite you can take out? I'd say it was, yeah. I'd say it was. Um, it probably was the US Open. I guess it was the, it was the kind of whatever, one of those just little dreams I had for myself was to to play a night match at the at the US Open. It never, uh, it was never realised, but it was definitely something that they kind of drove me an awful lot of the time. And and I think I remember just playing at that US Open, whatever way my matches fell, I seemed to have a day off in between some of them. Okay. And I used just, I was like a a child. I'd hang around the courts until the evenings watching all the night matches, watching yeah. all the men's matches and, and I was just uh yeah, I was just really inspired by the whole thing. So I'd probably looking back at my junior career, the US Open is definitely the one that sticks out and I probably have to say it's my favourite as well. Yeah, that's interesting. Um so obviously you finished up your junior career, you'd had a lot of a lot of success. Um at that stage was it a, a no brainer really to go pro? Um I, I don't know that it was a no-brainer. Um, I, I think it was just, for, for me, an 18-year-old mind at the time, I was just like, I'm going to, I, I want to see if, how good I can be. I, I believed in myself as a kid. And, uh, and, and just because I was at a fork in the road then, at 18, I didn't see it as a reason to stray from what I wanted to do. Yeah. Obviously, my parents, my parents were, were kind of in my ear and, and, um, more, maybe it would have been more of a holistic approach to go to college, and yeah. and definitely a safer road road, uh, road for my for my life as a whole. You know, to be able to go and get a degree and then <clears throat> come out and play professional tennis afterwards. And uh, and yeah, but but I think at eighteen, I I I wasn't one of the best juniors in the world, but on my day I could mix it with them. And uh, and I was lucky enough to come across a sponsor not long after I did. I um I had some decent results in the juniors and. And yeah, I think uh, I, I guess in 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 my head, I was I was pretty persistent with anyone who floated the idea of going to college with me. Yeah. That that, uh, that the the best place to if you want to become a, the best tennis player you can be, and you want to become a top hundred tennis player, the the best place to do it is is um is is on the tour, and yeah. and it's to try and earn your stripes as early as possible. But that being said, I think. Uh, I wish the 27-year-old Sam could go back and talk to the 18-year-old Sam and maybe make him consider it a bit more. Not that, not that I regret it now, far from it, but uh, maybe if I had gone to college, I'd, I'd still be playing tennis now. You know, who knows? If, if, yeah. I think I think maybe there was my decision to, to retire. I uh, I don't regret that either, but it probably was one of the panic because I found myself being 26 and, and my ranking was kind of right with injury. And... Uh, and I didn't really have a whole lot to fall back on. I didn't want to be in uh, in a situation, in kind of in no man's land, potentially in my early 30s. Um, having, you know, maybe not, it was very possible that I wasn't going to go on and achieve um, everything I wanted to do in tennis. And, uh, and, you know, to be kind of whatever in my early 30s with, with nothing to show for it, except 
what I knew was a, was a decent attempt at a, at a professional tennis career. So mm. college definitely mitigates against a lot of that. And uh, if I had gone back, maybe I'd still be playing tennis now. But uh, but but who knows? Um, yeah. So if you if you were to were to offer some advice to a young person, maybe in a similar situation to you, would that be kind of what what you'd kind of advise them to do? Um, I I think the I I think it's 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 difficult to give blanket advice because yeah. you know it's it's not a one size fits all for me I think if I was 18 again I would go back and I would I I would go on the tour again but I just do it differently I don't I wouldn't go to college I yeah. uh, I, I I I would I had stars in my eyes as an 18 year old and and like I said I I, I kind of back myself and uh, and I do it all over again I just make some changes to the way I went about my pro career but in terms of giving advice to other kids I think something that has to be really taken into account is just how expensive it is. There's no getting away from it. If you want to be, if you want to be the best tennis player you can be, you have to have really good people in your corner, people that have been there, done that, and they come at a price and they're not that available. Um, so you've got to pay for it and you got to, and you got to be in there and you've got to be in, in an environment where, where, uh, where uh, you're around people that, you know, if, if you want to be a top 100 tennis player, you've got to be in and around people that have been there and done that. And, uh, and that's it, uh, and and you're going to have to have some way of paying for that. And if you don't, then don't uh, don't go on the don't be naive and go on the tour yeah. with, uh, with with average resor- resources. You know the way I describe it is don't, like you're not going to be able to catch a Ferrari in a Fiat Punto. You have yeah. to be driving it. You know you have to be in a Ferrari yourself, and and that means yeah. having the the right guidance and the right training environment and uh, and all those things go with it. So. And if you can't get them at 18 and they're not available to you, well, then college is definitely a, a good stepping stone. And and uh, and I guess that's what I'd say to to uh, 18. And and as well, being realistic about how good you are. I think yeah. uh, you have to have a look at yourself in the mirror when you're 18. And if you really feel like um, if you really feel like you're 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 good enough to to mix it with the best kids in the world um, for your age, and you've got the finances to back you, and you've got the system around you. To go and play professional tennis, well then definitely weigh it up. But if you don't, um, and you have the opportunity to go to college, in that yeah. case, I would, uh, I, I, I definitely be uh, looking more towards college. And who knows what opportunities would be there for you afterwards? Yeah, and um, you mentioned there that if you were to go back, there's a few things you might do differently over the course of your career. Um, would you mind just going through one or two of those, explaining one or two things that you might do differently if you could go back? Yeah, I, I, I mean. There's there's loads, you know. Jesus, there's loads. But but I guess uh, I guess I think I'd um, I'd probably have more outside of the of, of tennis in my life, which sounds kind of counterproductive in, in in some ways. But for me, every time I got to kind of a bit of a roadblock in my tennis, I was like, right, I have to train harder, I have to do more, I have yeah. to travel more, I have to push it more and more and more. Whereas in actual fact, that kind of, and as as well and as good intentioned as, as that was, it was it was kind of counterproductive for me. And the whole thing became uh, kind of, I was so immersed in my tennis, I couldn't see the woods and the trees. And I think maybe yeah. I'd have more in my life now. I'd probably maybe study a small bit on the side, and I'd start that at, at 19. I'd uh, I'd make sure I got I got home more. I'd probably rest a little bit more than I used to. I wouldn't play as many tournaments in the earlier years of my career. I'd maybe invest a bit more in my game. I'd probably have more, more training weeks, and I definitely, I definitely try and uh, have training blocks and organize my training around being 
in environments where there's 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 guys that are are better than me. You know, yeah. I, I think looking back the early years in my career, um, I spent an awful lot of time practicing and playing sets with with, with good players, with players that was beaten. And uh, and I think and I think looking back, maybe I probably should have invested uh, uh, some time in or or an awful lot of time, an awful lot of my training time being around uh, being around guys that were that were where I was trying to get to. You know, yeah. I think. Uh, I think that would have been invaluable in exposing myself to as many practice sessions and as much encore time with uh, players and coaches that have uh, have either played or uh, or coached guys where I wanted to get to. That would have been yeah, that would yeah, have definitely been yeah. one. Um, makes, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Um, so looking back at your career, then, what would you say is well, was the best, the highlight, the best moments of the whole whole thing? The I, I had a nice one to be fair. The, the first title I won um, was in was in uh, Doha, and it was, it was the only time my my parents uh, my parents ever were able to travel to to a tournament. My dad actually just had it was in Doha. My dad was working close. Uh, my dad was traveling for work, and he was going to be close by, and he popped in. So that, and he was going to be able to pop in. So my mom said she'd make the trip. It was one of the last tournaments of the year, mm. and, um, and they came to and I won it, and 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 that without a doubt the uh, the happiest memory I have to my from my tennis career was was just I guess being able to to get through to to, to I guess achieve achieve a, mind, a milestone like that and to have my parents that uh, that sacrificed an awful lot and and gave an awful lot to, to my tennis career to have them there that day and to be able to go for dinner with them and and I guess yeah. enjoy that with them and uh, have them in the stands albeit they were the, probably two of the only people in the stands um, <laughs> to have them there when I won it was. Uh, was is definitely um is definitely the my favourite yeah. favourite moment. Yeah, that must have been really special. Um what about then the the worst moment, a low point? Um Jesus. Um I mean there's I I mean there's 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 some tough days as an athlete, there's no doubt about it. There's some really mm-hmm. tough days. I think you come face to face with uh you come face to face with with how good you are so often, and or, and and oftentimes it's you come face to face with how bad you are in a given day, and um and you get it, you, you know the the mirror is is held really close to your face in terms of uh and in terms of your performances, you know there's no getting away from it. Like if you if you go out and you absolutely bomb in the match and you're terrible and you go back to the hotel room on your own and you know that you know maybe that day you didn't express yourself the way you wanted, to, you didn't play the way you wanted to, you were your nerves got the best year or and, and, and those days happen all athletes but I guess when uh when they happen and you go back to the hotel room on your own and you, you you go back to the drawing board, some of those times when you're putting so much into it, some of those days can be can be pretty dark. But yeah. um but that being said it's it's a really privileged existence and uh and, and and as tough as some of those things are, I think uh I think I look back on in a weird kind of way I I, I think they're also some of my, my my fondest memories looking back because they're character building and uh, and hopefully they're 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 experiences that will that will stand to me in the long run. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's yeah again, I don't know if I don't know if I answered your question, but no, no, that's, lo- fair, that's really lo- good. Lo- yeah, losing is losing is really shy, especially yeah. when you play crap. <laughs> and, then, and then when you go back on your own and you've no one to talk to and it's just you and you know how crap you are, that's uh, that's not a great feeling when you just put whatever. 
your whole life into <laughs> trying to be good at it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's fun. Yeah. Um, wait, am I correct in saying that you um, were a hitting partner one year at the, the ATP finals and the season finals? I was. And so yeah, how was how was. was that experience? That was brilliant. That was brilliant as well. Um, really, uh, really good. I got to I got to practice with Nadal. I think I was there for five or six days, and I got to down those days, which was brilliant. Um, and I got to yeah, it was kind of my my first my first experience practicing with the really top guys. You know, it was, it was yeah. the only the best eight there. I practiced a number of times with some top hundred players here and there. Or yeah, but um. But that was that was brilliant and 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 uh, and yeah. I, I, again, I think if, if there's any young tennis players that are that are listening to this, especially from Ireland, because it's not on your doorstep, I think exposing yourself and obviously maybe that's the biggest exceptional opportunity I got because it was the Masters and lucky to they were stuck for some time. I was an hour flight away and I was able to do it. But it's Practicing with, with, with guys that are where you want to be yeah. um, and exposing yourself to that, to that environment as much as you possibly can, those uh, those experiences are invaluable because you learn so much. It's a brilliant experience to be able to, yeah. to be able to be there and practice with them, but um, but also to see them mess up. Like, yeah. so I, I think sometimes when there's, when there's something on the TV, it feels like a world away, but when Rafa's the other side of the net and you see him dump two or three balls in the net in a row and look at his uncle all confused and, yeah. and worried, nervous about his match that's coming up. It kind of makes you feel a bit more, it makes, it takes them, it takes the kind of mystique away from, from, from those players and it makes them a bit more human and, and especially when you're, when you're an aspiring tennis player and you're, you're trying to get to, you're trying to get to, to that, to, to that level, you know, yeah. I guess it makes it feel all a bit more achievable and attainable. Um, yeah. Uh, to see their to see their vulnerabilities up close too, so that was something I definitely took from that. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, now was in 2016, um, you reached your first challenger final in Bangkok. Um, yeah. You came from yeah. uh, all the way from the qualifying, I think. So, um, how was that week? What, I guess what was that like making your way through and, and getting so far? Yeah, it was good. It was it was it was a good run. It was kind of uh, that was probably the the best tennis I I played in my career. Was um was probably the the second half of the the 2015 season and the 20 and then most of the of the 2016 season. I was not all my results were great, but I was consistently playing at a high level and um and that dipped a bit at the at the, the start of the, the first half of the 2017 season. But then the the second half was pretty good too. So that was kind of the best tennis I played. But then uh, that week was was good, I guess. Results wise, it was uh, it was a big breakthrough because I'd never really made a run in a challenger previously. Yeah. But um, but I just remember, from that week, I remember, I just remember kind of playing really well, um, serving really well, and and it was kind of it was crazy hot conditions. It was 35 plus degrees and uh, really humid as well, maybe 90 percent humidity. So so um, so the it was just really tough physical conditions and, and, and a lot of guys were a lot of guys were were, were finding it finding the conditions tough and uh and I just remember kind of playing good tennis and, and being pretty mentally tough that week and, and that got me through an awful lot of matches. So again that was a, that's a, another week a week I kinda look back on fun here. Yeah, yeah that's great. Um so then the next year um you get very close to getting into the qualities for the uh, the Australian Open. Um, for anyone who, does, who doesn't know, just how close were you? So the last, 
um, tournament of the 2016 season was a challenger in the States. And I was in the I was in the semis, and I played a, an American guy in the semis. And if I'd have, if I'd have won that match, I'd have I'd have um, I'd have made it into the qualies the next year of the of the um, of the Aussie. And then pretty earlier on in the year in 2016, I was one spot out of the, the qualies of Wimbledon as well. So uh, there was a couple there was a couple of close ones, which was uh, and if I'd and as well if I'd have won the final of that challenger in yeah. uh, in Bangkok against Stuckworth. If I'd have beaten him that day, I'd have been in the qualities of Wimbledon yeah. and, and yeah. the US that year. So it was a cl- couple of close calls, but uh, but not to be unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, that must have been must have been disappointing. Um, was it around that time then that uh, your documentary came out on Air Sports? Um, yeah, it could have been. It, it, um, could have, I mean, it was the summer, two summers ago, maybe the summer yeah. of 2017, I think. Because yeah, I remember it, it, it discussed your that that kind of period where you were bordering on on the quality of the Australian and you were doing well in that challenger. I remember it, it uh, touched on that. Yeah, I think so. So so um so yeah, I remember I remember that that challenger at the end of the year in the states. The the, the two lads, the, the camera guys were there. So um, yeah. So yeah, it was it was early the next year I think when that when that documentary yeah. came out. You know, I remember watching it and um and finding it really interesting and you know, a, a good insight into how your life must have been. But, I mean, how accurate do you think it was? Do you think it, it kind of captured what it was trying to capture? Um, it, it was, maybe looking back, I probably would, uh, I'd probably try and be a bit more hands-on with the whole thing. I was, for, I didn't really have much time for anything else. Obviously, I they wanted to use a film or something. I was, I was happy to do it, but I didn't really care about the documentary. To be honest. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and looking back now, I um, I probably regret a small bit not using it, using it as more of a platform to to maybe sell to the sell to sponsors within the within the documentary, or not even sell to sponsors, but to give it to give a a better idea, I guess, about how far I'd come and how difficult it is to be 250 in the world and and to be competing at it. I was kind of I didn't really care much about that when yeah. I was playing. I just wanted to be to be, to be better at what I was doing and to give us uh, win the next match I was playing. But, but looking back, and I remember kind of regretting that after it came out. I was like, I watched it and I, I watched it once and that was it. But I remember my my feeling was like I was like, geez, I had a perfect chance there to kind of isn't in the mainstream media in Ireland and yeah. and, and uh, for uh, not for my own sake and not that I need to justify myself or far from it, but. You know, I guess I have friends and peers that would have gone and made a, made a good run of professional tennis, and you know whether it be Conor Ireland or James McGee and and these kind of guys that you know they and myself, and I think we achieved an awful lot, and uh, and maybe I had a chance to to uh, to illustrate or articulate how uh, how how, um, how high a level it is that we're competing at, and how yeah. we 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 all were, and, and I guess it was documentary was about me, so me at the time. Yeah. So we were to maybe breaking through and, and I don't think I really fully took advantage of that. I think uh I think the overriding the overriding uh feeling that, that I get from people who watch the documentary is Jesus you've a tough life and and uh and really want that to be case either, you know. I so playing tennis and traveling the world doing something you love and trying to be the best at it or the best you can is is, is a really privileged existence. So uh so yeah, I, I yeah, I, uh, 
I don't know. Again, I don't I'm trying to ramble there. Fine. No, no. Again. But that I was my, yeah, that was kind of, you know, after the draft. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then I just have a couple of questions about kind of, I guess, life on tour and your career in general. Um, so how big were, the, were diet and then the kind of fitness, uh, strength conditioning, how big a part did they play in your life? And would you have any advice in relation to those areas for anyone, kind of, even in, in sports in general? I, I think... Uh so they, they play a huge role. I think the thing with being a professional athlete is it's not a it's a it's a twenty four seven job. You know what yeah. you what you put in your body um, and how you recover and all those things. They play such a big role in your in your energy and in your mindset and and, and that obviously feeds in and uh, plays a huge role in, in how you're going to perform and how you're going to train. So um, so uh, I guess diet to answer the first part played a big role. I think I was lucky um, in this. In that I was I I I like food, you know, and I, I especially I like good food, and I was yeah, it's kind of a bit of a dustbin as a kid, and I ate anything, <laughs> and uh, and then so it, it wasn't difficult for me to to eat healthy, um, and then so once I became more and more educated about what to eat and when to eat, it was it wasn't a chore for me, it was it was uh, something I found pretty easy, and yeah. then and but I definitely I would definitely uh. If I was giving advice to any kids, I would, I would definitely, uh, or any athlete in general, I, uh, I definitely think um, knowing your body and knowing what your, you know, your, 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 your intolerances are, and, and eating according to your, you know, to, to your training times, and, and it plays a huge role in, in, uh, in how, how much you recover and your energy levels, and, uh, and it's imperative to, to being, to being in the top of your game. So diet's huge. And then strength and condition obviously is, plays a massive role as well. I guess if you're doing a five-hour training day, it's going to be three on the court and it's going to be two off the court as well between yeah. warming up, warming down, seeing a physio, and 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 then all the other uh, all the other the varied the various different uh, stuff you can be doing to to improve as an athlete, whether it be mobility training, strength and conditioning, like you said, movements. Um, you have to be an all-rounder as a tennis player, so. Um, yeah. So get, getting that stuff right and having the right people in your corner to advise you is uh, it's so important as well. Both of those things, like you have to be, you have to really try and nail those things all the time. Um, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, they played, they, they, they kind of, like, uh, like, you know, if I wasn't playing tennis, those things kind of dominated dominated my uh, my downtime as well. You know, you, you never stop trying to improve as an athlete. You never stop trying to put good stuff into your body. So, um so yeah, they were they were a big part of my life when I was an athlete. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another big part I, I I would assume of uh of life on the tour is the travel. Um, so how did you find that, and how tough was it to kind of schedule your your year? I guess in that way. Yeah, that's that, to be honest with you, like that was one of the big reasons I kind of I ended up retiring was just being so burnt out from uh from being on the road, living out of a suitcase, and then the, just the logistical nightmare that trying to be a tennis player from Ireland can be as well. Yeah. Um, the the cost of, of your travel every year is huge, and you can be away for, for so many weeks at a time. Being from Limerick as well didn't help. Yeah. Because you're, I, I spent my bloody life on on a bus. Um, I got to be in Ireland for two days, and I spent the morning the first day getting down to Limerick, seeing my family and my friends, you know, one night in my own bed, and then back on the yeah. bus again to to be back up to Dublin to fly out again and, and, and just doing that for years is exhausting. So yeah. 
Um, traveling was, a, was definitely a burden at times, but then on the flip side of that, uh, like I said, an, an unbelievable, almost an embarrassing privilege to be to have been 19, 20, 21, traveling, literally traveling to all over the world, you know, some of the really big cities, but some of the most random places as well, and getting to see so much of it and to experience so many different places, different cultures, um, is, it was, again, so when I look back on, on uh, my career, some of my fondest memories are from off the court are, uh, are from just being in mad places um, and, uh, and getting, to, getting to see them. So, um, you know, there's, it's kind of the travel was, was a bittersweet one. Yeah, yeah. Um, you said there, obviously, you went to all over the world. Um, if you had to pick your favorite tournament, in your favorite city, or your favorite tournament, or your favorite city, um, what would you go for? Uh, unfortunately, I only played one of them, and the U.S. Open was incredible. Um, and then after that, there was there was a a a, 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 huge, a tournament every every summer in Breda in Holland. That was okay. a really cool. Uh, some of the smaller tournaments can actually be really cool sometimes in, in the smaller cities because the, it can be like a one of the big, it can be like, for example, in, in this place in Breda in, in, in Holland, it was like the biggest sports event, the biggest annual sports event in the town. So, so all the yeah. locals go in behind us and there's like, it can be 1,500 people in the in the, in the the stands and, and, and it's in the summer so the weather's nice and people kind of go and socialize there and there's local TV and radio stations and stuff. So... Some of the smaller events sometimes have a have a class atmosphere and amazing yeah. feel about them. Um, yeah. So there's there's kind of a bunch of those. Breda is the one that sticks out. Um, but uh, but of the of the big ones, um, U.S. Open I got to play as a junior was brilliant, yeah. and then I got to compete at the Toronto Masters Series, which was which was class as well, and uh, and Dubai as well, the ATP 500. I, I was yeah. to compete in those. And, uh, and to be honest, all the all the all the ATP events I got to play in are uh, uh, they're pretty brilliant. And yeah. they're uh, they're uh, being there and being in those environments is uh, is definitely something that every time I got to do it was pretty inspiring. And you'd always leave those events really motivated. And uh, maybe looking back, I probably should have taken the opportunity in my career to go and uh, and play the qualifying and more of those events. I think uh, not only would I have learned loads from the players there and from competing in the matches I would have played. At those events, but I think you you uh, looking back, I always left those those uh, those tournaments so uh, so motivated to uh, to get better and to get back there and to get into the main draw. Then so yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's something else. Yeah. Um, now, so I just have a couple more questions. Um, so a lot of people would well, I guess would would be aware of this um, drugs and also uh, gambling unfortunately have big parts in, in pro tennis. So as someone who I guess has been on the tour, what experience do you have of those sides of of this of the sport of the sport? Yeah, uh um I'd never I'd never uh, heard or or been heard or seen or anything never like I've never ever come across the eight years on the pro tour I, and obviously you hear you're this guy or, or, or that guy but then yeah. again oftentimes it's it's just oftentimes it, it can be it can be an excuse for some guys as well to you know to be where they are in their careers and be, to, to their own career to be stagnated and they 
know they can they can stand out. They can throw other people under the bus because they, their 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 career is going to take it off without real any any real evidence. So mm. that was my only real my only real kind of the only time I would have ever heard of drugs on tour would have been in that capacity. I never saw any. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I certainly was never never around any people that were 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 using performance enhancing drugs or. Yeah. Um. So I I pretty much no experience of that. Um. But in terms of betting, I mean. I was never, I was never offered. I was never, no one ever attempted to bribe me to lose a match. Um, but it definitely, it definitely happens at the lower stages of the tour, uh, at the lower, lower tournaments uh, on the tour. Um, and it's, it's definitely something that that goes on. There's no doubt about it. I think it's something that's been addressed by the, the government bodies as well. And uh, and I think, rightly so. Um, that stuff is, uh, it's, you know, it's not great as as a as a kind of a lover of the game of tennis and a lover of sport in general, any of that. Well, firstly, it's fraudulent, which is wrong. But um, yeah. any any kind of anything that can kind of uh, bring the game into disrepute like that is uh, is just not good. So yeah. uh, any and all the actions they're taking to stamp it out is uh, is, uh, is 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 definitely uh, the right thing to do. Yeah. And hopefully it will uh, get all the way out sooner rather than later. Yeah. It's definitely. Uh, it's, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely something that goes on. There's no doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my final question. Um, it's, it's a simple one, but what is your favourite thing about tennis? Favourite thing about tennis for me was was the chance to was the opportunity to get to get better all the time. I guess in very few very few environments are, are you tested or you so to, to that extent. And that was something that I loved about tennis, and that I hope at some point in my life in the future I'll be able to recreate that uh, that feeling or that environment where where really you're 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 down to the last you're you're trying to you're looking for the inch you know what I mean whether it be yeah. in the gym or on the court whether it be tactically technically physically you're 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 trying to maximize every last bit out of yourself and and the challenge to do that was something that I really enjoyed I found it really stressful and frustrating sometimes when it wasn't happening but um, but I think it's something that that's incredibly fulfilling as well, and something I feel really lucky to have been able to do um, was to was to have 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 had that in in my life, I guess, to be able to to be able to wake up every day and to feel to feel so kind of inspired and fulfilled about what you're doing, and to have such big uh, big ambitions and, and dreams, and to be pouring so much much into trying to achieve them was uh, was what I really loved about tennis, and it kind of yeah. brought out the Inevitably, it kind of brings out the intensity in you, but um, it uh, it gives you a really good platform to, to kind of grow and get better and to and to learn. And that's uh, maybe that's a bit of a wishy-washy answer, but that's definitely what I miss the most miss miss the most about uh, yeah. about about tennis was uh, was just how uh, how brilliant some of the some of the things about trying to be as good as you can possibly be um, give you. Yeah, yeah, perfect, super. Now, Sam, th- thanks so much again for for talking to me. Um, yeah, and thank you as well, I guess, for all you've done uh, over the years for Irish tennis. I know you've, you're an inspiration, I guess, for, for a lot of younger guys, um, myself included. I've looked up to you. Um, I'm not... I, I'm not uh, Sorry about that. Sorry, it was me you're looking up to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not myself going to make any uh, inroads in any kind of pro tennis, but I'm, I still have... I've uh, I've enjoyed watching your progress over the years, um, and I I just want to wish you all the best for for whatever you're doing now uh, going forward in tennis or or outside of it. Um, thanks again, and uh, 
yeah, all the best. Absolutely, man. Thanks a million. Thanks a million for your kind words. And uh, it was a pleasure being on the podcast and good luck with, uh, right. with all the rest. Take it easy, mate. So there we have it. Some really interesting stuff there from Sam. I'd like to thank him again for his time. Um, Wish him all the best for the future. Uh, Thank you for listening. um, And hope you enjoyed it. Bye.